We are in the condition we are in, in the state of ignorance we are in, in the state of war, in the state of economic depression, in the state of depletion of the resources of our planet because of the greed of psychopaths who thought they could create their own reality. Well, look at the reality they created. You're listening to The Truth Perspective on the Soft Radio Network, the world for people who think. Today is October 17, 2015, and this is The Truth Perspective. I'm your host, Shane Lachance, and I'm joined by my co-host, Elon Martin. Hi, everybody. And Thought.net editors, Karen Nicholson. Howdy. William Barbet. Hello, everyone. And Meg McDonald. Hello. Uh, today, we're talking about the West social decline. Our show is titled... Western Violence and Disintegration, the New Normal. Close to 70 years ago, Gandhi was asked what he thought of Western civilization. He said he thought it would be a good idea. Uh, Those who have grown up in Western countries have been taught about all the progress and advanced nature of our world, but hidden behind these beliefs of superiority uh, has been a growing social decay. At its root lies a pathological system that spreads chaos, both intentionally and as a natural consequence of a society led by inhuman leaders. These so-called leaders seek to gain control and dominance out out of their chaos. They know no limits in their depravity. They have no capacity to reflect on the ultimate unsustainability of their methods, and they are blinded by their wishful thinking. Under the Western way, our society is now facing collapse, not only economically, but in all manner of dysfunctional bonds that have molded us and shaped us over the years, particularly since 9-11. The veil of exceptionalism is thinning as we witness the ever more glaring pain and abuse of society's child. We live in a time when horrific human tragedies are an everyday occurrence. We're being pushed to the edge, and the question remains if humanity will choose to see the world we've created at the behest of psychopaths. So, everybody, that was a, it's kind of a depressing topic, but this is, as uh, Elon said earlier, a uh, this is the business we're in of reality isn't necessarily the... Uh, most in, encouraging or well yeah we were discussing uh the show topic a little earlier today and um especially as it uh as it pertains to the manifestation of uh violence as a symptom of our times um violence uh on the global level including uh western proxy forces uh scourging nations uh Police departments and individual police uh, running rapid, um, killing people with the least provocation, um, grotesque uh, murders even among family members, um, mass shootings. Uh, Some of these are connected in obvious ways, others in less obvious ways, and 
it seems like things are coming to the fore, things are coming to a head, and it's really time to um, open our eyes to uh, a situation that's becoming increasingly untenable um, and to the dangers uh, that we're faced with. Well, you know, uh, I just want to ask the chatters, too, uh, if you can hear me okay, uh, if, uh, if my mic is sounding all right. Um, if so, just let me know. Um, but, you know, it seems that since you know, since the United States' uh, involvement in Ukraine, that things have really been uh, amped up quite a bit. Um, oh, great. Okay, so yeah. chatters say sounding okay. Great. Thanks, guys. Um, so yeah, it seems like since you know 2014, uh, there's been uh, a pretty dramatic change, at least in the sense of the overt nature of our pathological reality really coming to the fore. You know, it was I think, um, well, obviously before 9/11, you know, I think it was a lot harder uh, for people to see uh, through you know just the the deceptions of all the things that were told. You know, we, we really believe, especially in America or the United States, you know, we really believe that, you know, we're number one and, you know, and all these uh, these things that are pounded into us since, uh, since exceptional. day one. Yeah, exceptional. We're, we're, we're so exceptional. Um, and it just seems these past, uh, you know, this past year and a half and a little bit more, um, things are just getting more intense. Uh, more crazy, and it's not as easy to hide that. Um, there's there could be a lot of different influences involved in that. You know, I think part of it is just uh, you know human nature. It's not meant uh, to be ruled by a bunch of psychopaths. You know, that's not um, that, that's it's it's an abnormal thing. Well, you know. It- like what you're saying, Shane, you know, 2014 being the year that things got ramped up even further. Uh, we heard a lot more about ISIS in Iraq and Syria. Um, we have this uh, civil war in eastern Ukraine, um, but also just in the U.S. I mean, the, the sheer number of stories that we're hearing uh, regarding uh, mass shootings, for instance, have been ramped up. Um, the sheer number of stories that we're getting on, uh, you know, you know, there was this recent story about um, uh, two, you know, two brothers in upstate New York who were brought to a church by their parents uh, and um, kind of forced to. Uh, reveal or, or uh, share their sins. So after the uh, after the regular church services, a bunch of the parishioners got together with the parents and for several hours began uh, beating them physically. Um, one of them uh, was rushed to a hospital where he died uh, because of the injuries inflicted by his parents and the parishioners, and the other one was, I think, in critical condition. Um you know, they were literally trying to beat the God into him, or both of the brothers. And, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't recall, um, of course, I've never paid as much attention to the news as I have these past few years, but I don't recall hearing stories like this 
20 or 30 years ago or in the 70s when I was growing up. And, um, you know, side editors are in this position of reading the news every day. Um, if you're not reading news every day, uh, then it's very easy to to not be um, uh, aware of the sheer number and volume and, and uh, horrificness of the number of stories that are coming out on these subjects. Well, the, um, that story that you, that you brought up, Elon, um, you know, it seems that you know, we, we might read, you know, something like that um, out of a, you know, a story coming from a superstitious tribe, you know, overseas. Um, but when we see, we, we see, we're seeing these things more and more, like in the United States, in the UK, uh, the UK, there's an increase and uh, mothers who are um, basically mutilating their uh, daughters um, because they don't want that, they don't want others to see that they have breasts because they're they're afraid that uh, this message is being sent that they're ad- adult women and that they're they can be weak. And this is in this is in the UK. Um, you know, so it's 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 really scary to see you know just this. Um, just the social decline, you know, and it's happening all across the board, and it's really obvious in the West. Um, you know, I think uh, we want to talk a little bit about the shootings too. Um, more, more recently, so we saw uh, Russia get involved in Syria in you know a more obvious way, and that really changed the the dynamic uh, of you know, the world stage. And I think the U.S. didn't really know how to respond. Um, you know, not, not a clue. There was like complete media silence for at least three days. Um, you know, no reporting uh, on on the issue whatsoever. And you know, what did we see in the media? It was the all the things on the Oregon shooting. Um, that you know that that was that took center stage. Uh, the day after um, Putin went into Syria and, and began the, the missile strikes, and all of a sudden, you know, the United States, our our mission is just uh, driven you know, to this issue, which can have a whole lot of other issues surrounding it, like you know, gun control and um, you know, what kind of um, what kind of mental um, Stability is involved in the shooters, and you know what about our mental health programs, and you know all these issues um, that are basically designed to um, draw attention away from you know what's really going on. Um, so we see this kind of time and time again with many uh, many of the shootings. So it's 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 a natural question to ask you know what's going on there. Is there, um, you know, is this, are these just, is it just a coincidence that this stuff's going on? Um, you know, we've talked about many different types of false flags uh, before in um, manufactured terror. Uh, I think the case could be made that many of these shootings, uh, you know, it, it's kind of parallel or similar to like suicide bombings. Um, you know, are these, is this just like a, a a lone nutter gone crazy and you know decides to shoot up some people and blow some people up? 
Um, probably not. Uh, there, there may be, you know, some uh, some things here and there with people going off uh, who, you know, are genuinely crazy and nuts. Um, but that's also a, a, just of a natural consequence of you know living under a pathological reality. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, just going back a little about what Alan was saying that people aren't paying attention to the news constantly. But uh, you know, like the color revolutions when they started, they were basically from food prices or food scarcity, and we can see that here when people need to have a living wage in all the states of over $15 an hour. Now, living wage is considered having enough money for housing, child care, utilities. I mean, these are pretty basic stuff. And with people only making half that in a 40-hour week, they're just not able to support themselves and are constantly struggling with that support. And so that anger and frustration has to go out somewhere. And so I just want to point that out that, that that's going to make it difficult for people to get We have a caller on the line, uh, so I'm going to go to the caller. Uh, caller, are you there? I think we're having some... Caller, are you there? We're Hello? listening. Oh, I'm just okay. listening. We just have a listener. Okay, we'll put you guys back on. Thanks for listening. <laughs> okay. Well, I I would like to talk about the the whole uh, food scarcity and and that whole uh, kind of economic issue in a little bit, um, because that's certainly going to play a big part in the future and and people reacting to certain things and, and lashing out. Um, but I'd like to get back to a second um, to what you were saying, Shane, about the uh, the multiple purposes that uh, these shootings in particular seem to serve in the U.S. in the form of distraction. Um, you know, you, you have uh, all kinds of really astute writers right now, Melissa Dykes and John Rappaport and others, who uh, are definitely seeing patterns, um, you know, there, there are certain things that are happening, like you pointed out. <clears throat> Putin basically, basically in his UN speech, shows up uh, what the U.S. has been doing for the past 14 or 15 years in its war on terror. And, um, you know, there was so much silence you could hear a pin drop. Uh, but the silence got replaced by bullets in the form of the Oregon shooting. And, um, you know, for... For those who are less familiar with the idea of false flags and uh, and distractions of this type, um, you look at any one of these stories or most of these stories, and you start to you start to see little pieces of the puzzle that don't fit. Um, in the case of the Oregon shooting, and I think this was mentioned in the last show, you had one of the students reporting two or three shooters, which is inconsistent with what the media was reporting. Um, you have, uh, in the case of the, uh, you know, the, the kid from South Carolina that um, that wanted or that did shoot up the church in, in uh, last June. Uh, I mean, everything about the kid's personality, uh, you know, from his uh, his being friends with other blacks with, with blacks, he was white, 
suggest that he wasn't a racist or trying to start a race war. Um, so there's there is uh, this idea. Uh, it's actually much more than an idea. It's uh, we know it exists. There is mind control um, that um, is being employed uh, in the U.S. to um, to set off these shooters and create distractions and uh, and obviously instill a lot of fear. A lot of these shootings are happening in schools. I think there were like four in the past three weeks. Uh, you know, schools, we think of our children, we think of them, you know, if they're not safe in schools, where are they going to be safe? They're, you know, they're our most vulnerable and, and precious human resources. Uh, so obviously this is a, um, it's also a very kind of emotionally manipulative thing. Uh, we do have some information here um, on uh, greenbauming, uh, which is a type of um, brainwashing, uh, which is uh, pretty well documented and known of. And, and so, um, Meg, you were going to discuss a little bit of that, I think. Yes. Um, Greenbaum came to be known to, I guess, everyone who's read about it, um, by a doctor, Corey Hammond. He gave a lecture in uh, 1992 um, and called it Hypnosis and Multiple Personality Disorder, Ritual Abuse. And um, the basics of it is that um, that there's these doctors, these Nazi doctors brought to the United States by intelligence agencies after World War II. Mm-hmm. And um, they started mind-control research in military hospitals here in the United States. And they take a child or an adult, I mean, it doesn't have to be limited to children, and they dis- make them dissociative via trauma, um, repeated trauma over and over, horrific physical abuse, sexual abuse, that shock them, um, sensory deprivation, that sort of thing. Um, and they instantly create different personalities. Like they have a an alpha personality, a beta, delta, gamma, theta, omega, and even omicron. And each one of these um, personalities has a different role. Um, the most interesting one I thought was one he would not talk about very much, Dr. Hammond didn't, and it's, called, it's the drug smuggling mafia type businesses and government leaders. And so... Um, some of these green bomb victims have a personality in them um, that could be one of our government leaders acting out that role. Um, they also have what they call uh, booby traps, which they call green bombs. And um, if they begin to recover, like if some of the programming starts to go haywire, they kind of go off. It's like a suicide program that's built into them, which I think is what we're seeing when people um, snap and start shooting up schools. Um, there's layers and layers of programs to these people. Um, they could be terrorist uh, terrorist groups. They could be suicide bombers. They could be patsies or like these lone uh, lunatics we see shooting up schools. They could be spies. They could be reporters in the media. They could be civil or human rights people. Um, they can be just about anyone. And the common thread is that they have these alternate layers um, to their personality, which don't know each other, um, which have a certain role each plays a certain role. So um, if you want the biggest question when I came across it would be why um, the government would do this. And it, to me, it was just about they have more control uh, through fear. They have more money for defense budget. Um, and they have, you know, the power to scare you into wanting more police measures, police state tactics, that sort of thing. 
we have a caller on the line. We'll see if it's uh, somebody who's just listening in. Uh, hello, caller. Are you there? Hello, caller? Hey, I'm just listening. Okay, we have another listener. All right, thanks for listening. Well, you know, just getting back to what you said, Meg, there there is a political precedent for um, mind-controlling individuals in order to achieve certain political ends. Sirhan Sirhan. Yes. Um, He was the individual who was um, blamed for uh, the murder of Robert Kennedy um, on his campaign trail. Um, I think it was in uh, either 67 or 69 or thereabouts. In any case, there is such a plethora of information uh, about this individual. Um, I mean, you know, he was interviewed um, after he was taken into custody uh, by um, an individual. And um, basically, he was in such a uh, dissociative state, not knowing where he was or what he was doing. Uh, uh, the the gentleman who had interviewed him was um, uh, had some understanding of hypnotherapy and basically said that he was extremely suggestible and um and really wasn't in his right mind um so you know aside from all of the other facts around the uh the murder of Robert Kennedy uh and the fact that the ballistics show that um that Kennedy was shot from the opposite direction that Sir Han Sir Han uh was accused of shooting him from um you know you put these pieces together and you know that there is a, a whole uh, kind of very powerful, very dark infrastructure uh, in the U.S. that will go to great lengths uh, to to use people to create these, uh, you know, lone nutter narratives in order to convince uh, the public that um, that there is this one sole guy who decided for this or that reason <laughs> that he was going to, uh, or that he had to kill somebody or, or kill a group of people. Um, through certain suggestions, they are made to say uh, certain things. In the case of the uh, South Carolina um, killer, this this, uh, this young guy, uh, he intended to start a race war. Um, you know, so these ideas are, are put into the public's mind and... Um, and it's all part of a larger uh, narrative that's being foisted upon people. Um, well, you look at you know, many of the targets of these uh, shooters, and you know they're all people who were trying to do good. Um, you know, people that uh, you can look up to and that you can admire, and you know it doesn't make sense. You know why why these people are targeted. Um, you know, even if it's not a, a a leader of a you know the community or society, then you know then it's children, mm-hmm. and you know just from just look at that and you know and think about it. Um, I think it might be easier to you know have have this image in our head of this uh, crazy lone person doing this rather than our own government. Um, or elements within the government. But when you look at the actions uh, of 
what these you know so-called leaders are doing and you know going into um other countries and and just committing genocide then you know things can start to click if when you do understand this pathological nature um and you know you really dig into it you really see it um but it's it it's just easier to, you know, go with that narrative where, yeah, it's just this one crazy guy who, you know, lost his marbles and just decided to, you know, off innocent people. Well, you know, if you step back um, a little bit, you know, there's this kind of weird dynamic going on because every time one of these shootings uh, occur, Obama or somebody gets in front of the uh, the, the press corps and says, and we have to... Mm, and still greater gun control laws. Uh, but the only thing that seems to happen as a result is people run out and buy more guns. Um, there was recently a story about um, the state of Maine actually making uh, concealed carry easier. In fact, you, you don't need uh, a license now to carry a, a weapon in a concealed fashion. So uh, it's almost as though... People are being um, egged on. I mean, you know, whenever Obama does make one of these speeches, which has been pretty frequently lately, uh, you have a whole bunch of very reactive uh, people in the U.S. who, um, you know, cite the Constitution and say uh, that, you know, don't take away our guns, basically, and feel even more threatened as a result. And I think I think part of the manipulation here is in inducing that response, uh, that that feeling threatened and vulnerable uh, response from from people. And um, you know, you have to ask yourself to what end. Um, it's almost as though there is this kind of witch's brew of of um, of reactivity uh, being cooked up. But this is. Uh, getting to people on a primitive level, it's not the you know it's not the think it through and get to some sophisticated you know result or 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 you know how how you think about it. This is getting right down to live or die, and and when you can bring a country down to that level, then then you have probably the most uh, upside to to shape it the way you want to because they are fixated on you know, this issue. Mm-hmm. It creates social hysteria. They're taking our guns away. You know, I mean, it's it's all leads towards hysterical society. They're hysterical about gun, uh, school shootings, hysterical about people taking their guns away. And I mean, it's just the, the way they operate, I think. But you, but you, have, to, you have to figure that this is a, a manipulation in a really grand scale. You know, we're not a, a society that has taken well to being caged or, or you know, Having limit limitations put on us, and this is you know an amendment right, and we we just can't you know we can't accept that we may have a caller uh-huh. or, or a third listener. time's a charm yes yes, this is Hello, uh, Jonathan. Caller? hi Jonathan. This is Jonathan. Jonathan hi Jonathan. Yes, um, yeah, I was um just listening to this discussion about the the gun thing and um this is just tangential to my, my, my main point I'd like to make in this call, but um, I think people rightly see um, the people that are gun advocates and um, 
they really focus on the uh, the gun issue. I think that these people rightly see the uh, thorough corruption of government, and um, these are people that um, when they go to the voting booth, they most probably vote for uh, right-wing Republicans um, that voice their concerns and reflect it, their concerns. And uh, But I think that they rightly see, and I'm not a gun owner, but um, they rightly see that the government's thoroughly corrupt. They also correctly see that this current model, and even though even if they in their their mind they don't really articulate in a, an intellectual synopsis of it, but they see that the um, system is going to collapse. That there's uh, the financial uh, institutions are built on um, very very uh, unstable foundations that are going to collapse. Um, probably in the near future, and um, they see government is, is, is thoroughly corrupt. And um, so I also, um, getting back to the uh, this uh, situation with these shooters, um, I'm very, very, very skeptical of a popular line among people that, that have programs and so forth, um, the 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 theory um, forwarded by a uh, um, guy, uh, Ole Almagard. Um I'm very skeptical of it because um, if you read in, if we read into situations, um, conspiracy when there's actually none there, that's a perfect way to uh, alienate people um, in general. So I think that, you know, there's definitely a possibility that people are manipulated by sinister forces to to engage these things and uh, so forth. But there's a huge danger of reading in to these scenarios um, too much and projecting that that is the case, government conspiracy, where there actually is none. And that's a perfect way to uh, your, uh, your views on other issues that you would like people to pay attention to? Well, I think that, um, you know, along those lines, you know, that definitely does happen where uh, basically, you know, these theories come up where um, it's just basically insane. You know, a lot of the the shootings these past few years, there's been a lot of uh, hoaxing uh, conspiracy theories where, you know, it's all basically just actors involved. Nobody was actually shot, and you know these people who, you know, one person might look similar to another person, or footage was used from a previous sh- shooting, so that proves it was a, a hoax. And I think the hoaxing uh, issue is very much along, uh, you know, the ideas that you're putting out there, where it does discredit. And it does, it, 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 you know, it really doesn't make sense when, when you boil down a lot of the, the basic ideas. Um, I do think that there is, you know, a history as well as, um, you know, a lot of documented evidence that, you know, it does support uh, some of the, you know, more covert, uh, mind-controlled, you know, type things. I know it's, you know, it, it is uh, a bit of a... a sticky topic to, to kind of come up and, and or to discuss. 
Um, but I think it is worth exploring just to, you know, really look at, you know, what what is the nature of our leaders and um, and you know what are they capable of and does is 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 there is there any truth to it? Yeah, and Colin Ross is a good source for that. I mean, he's documented this stuff. It's not like um, it's yeah, not like it's I, a secret. I'm not I'm not discounting counting that, but I also believe that um, when it comes to uh, the popular discourse. Um, about you know real conspiracies. Uh, for one thing, it's it's a form of mind control to um, to have a huge sector of our population, perhaps a majority, um, buy into this idea about uh, conspiracy theory as being something illegitimate. I mean that's a that's a that's a coup d'état right there on the part of the uh, U- U.S. intelligence to uh, to mm-hmm. so. To sow to so, uh, so this context of the use of the term conspiracy theory to um, kind of imply nutter. I mean, that's a freaking uh, that's a coup d'état right there, right? And um, that's been accomplished. And um, but I also see that they would also um, promote ideas of hoaxes and and sinister alliances. Um, to pump up paranoia and discord and distrust, I think that's a huge component of U.S. intelligence right now for controlling the population and hurting the population. To have us mistrust one another, um, divide, uh, you know, divide ourselves like, uh, oh, he's a right-wing gun nut, you know, he sucks because he doesn't vote for Obama, and you know what I'm saying, like, and then. Um, so I think there's, that's a huge um, that's a huge goal, and uh, and actually it's just they're very assiduous that that they promote the powers that be do promote conspiracies to keep us confused, and um, I believe that's a, I believe that's a huge reality that we're facing right now as people that would like to alter the status quo, um, so we can, you know come together and, and solve problems and have a better world that we live in, that's a huge reality is just to develop the the uh, the mode of communication and also um, have some quality control as to the, the veracity of the information that we discuss and we present uh, on a daily basis. I have a um, – I'm having a huge – I've had huge problems just finding – basic uh, information having to do with Syria and having to do with, like, Ukraine, um, you know, uh, the United States as, a, you know, as an empire. Um, I'm having a huge problem finding just basic information from people that whose thought is cogent and, and broad-ranging. Um, Eric Dreitzer, Dreitzer, he's fantastic. Pepe Escobar, fantastic. But when you go onto the internet or or try to you know podcast, um, there's very very few sources. Like if you do a search in um, for a podcast like Syria Russia, you're going to get maybe 20, 20 results, and there may be one of that twenty that is actually critical of the the official line on this, right? The others are think tanks, um, you know, radio, you know, talking heads from corporate media or the the, the propaganda uh, NPR 
public radio. And I think that's a, that's a really a travesty because I think people are really hungry for reliable information that's consistent. Um, so I see it as I kind of tune out a lot of the, the hope, the, uh, cons- oh, I, see, I'm using the term. I tune out a lot of stuff like, uh, it's like about Mars, you know, alien stuff. And because it like, wow, it's just, they it just go so far out there. I want to attend to like what's happening right now with the U S and Russia and China. And I'm having a huge problem finding just really good quality podcasts and audio that where discussions uh, occur at length on these issues. But um, but again, I can find all kinds of stuff that is sketchy, um, that's like way out there, and um, I just I think that's that's partly by design. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you too, uh, Jonathan. And I think um, I think there are there is probably you know, a, a good segment of the population that, you know, is really fed up with um, the lack of substance that, you know, is found in the news. There's not, there's nothing, there's no real analysis. It's all just basic fear mongering and, um, and even not even actually covering the specific events. Uh, when, you know, after uh, Putin went into Syria, you know, I was look I was looking around the web just curious and I was amazed that, you know, there was really nothing in uh the mainstream news. If there was a story, you know, it was about what Clinton said or what Trump said, you know, there wasn't actual news. And I think uh I, I agree with you. I think a lot like people are people do want that. And it was pretty interesting cuz I I saw, you know, a lot of the uh articles uh, on uh, SOT, you know, they they just went viral uh, because people yeah. were seeking that information out. And, you know, I think there could have been, you know, there can be some consequences uh, for, you know, the powers that be because of that silence. I mean, Russia was really the only one putting that information out, um, you know, with RT and Sputnik. They were able to kind of say, you know, this is what's going on. And since the mainstream news wasn't covering it, people were looking to alternative sources. And so this base, um, I don't want to say narrative because, you know, that's really how the United States operates is, you know, they'll present a narrative uh, from some new issue and kind of form the public perception around whatever those events were. But because this time they were behind the, um, they're, they're basically, yeah, they're basically behind you know, they didn't. They weren't able to, you know, create this narrative. They were only able to um, basically try to distract people. But the interest was there. Yeah, and and you know what? Because of the uh, the dearth of uh, quality audio, you know, I do a lot of physical labor, but I, I drive a lot, so I, I end up listening to these official sources discussions on, you know, national public radio, this show, uh, on point, blah blah blah. You know, and, and they have these experts that come on, right? They're, they're academics. They're they're uh, employees of uh, various think tanks that are tied to the defense industry. But I listen to their narratives, and, and it's really, really interesting um, that when you hear people say stuff, um, it's just outright lies, like the chemical weapons and Assad. This is taken up as gospel. So the the core assumptions are not questioned also. I also recognize it's very interesting is that 
when people start configuring Putin, you know, um, they do it in a way, oh, here's this guy, he just tries to project this image as being Mr. Superman, his shirt off and all that. This is projection, psychological projection and imputing onto Putin and the Russian establishment or China these nefarious goals is really a deep psychological projection of our own craven, mm-hmm. um, arrogant, Machiavellian uh, propensity mm-hmm. onto the other, which is Putin. And um, these, uh, this is really a deep psychological delusion. Now, I am not saying that Putin is pure, this and that, but I see that Putin's heuristic in the government, I mean, what I mean by that is a mode of analysis and interpretation, and that's involved in goal-seeking behaviors. So, like RT, for example, Alisa Nawe, she made a comment one time that really struck me because it so so, uh, mirrors my own perception. It's about truth, right? Truth is not something that's going to be out there that you can concretize and then point to. Um, truth is something that's much more fluid and dynamic, and basically we create, quote-unquote, our truth through our narrative, and our truth and our, through our narrative is also tied to our, our goals, our desires, our deep core beliefs, our assumptions, etc. So I believe that the reason the West is failing so incredibly right now is in fact what I see in the assumptions of these experts from all these think tanks, academics, talk show hosts, and other personalities that are bestowed, um, you know, credibility as being opinionators. So their assumptions totally fail because they just project and they're, they're so miserably failing. Now, on the other hand, Putin in, in China, they're being more successful. Why? Because they are looking at things in a more efficacious and productive manner in that they're not going out and trying to dominate, bully, and all of that. They're trying to cooperate, build up other people, other nations with whom they develop alliances, and that's just a a clear path to success compared to the United States. So it isn't a huge mystery why Putin and the Russians – are going to be successful, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but they're going to be ultimately successful in this, this conflict in the Middle East is because the United States has just been so cynical in its core assumptions for so long, they have created the misery of uh, instability um, that they want to project is going to be the result of what Putin is doing, when in fact, if you go in there and you take into account all these different players and, and people that within these countries that have a legitimate right to have a voice in the say of how things develop, well, you can develop stability from that kind of uh, vantage point. So, but I just find it fascinating that all of these people claim that Putin this, Putin that. How do they know? If you ever corner these people on it, they'll break down before you like whimpering children because ultimately they just – they just take what somebody else says as gospel, and they never deeply research and go to resources within Russia or Syria, find out what other people are saying, and going deeper. They just repeat this crap, and this is the sad state of our our media here. And this is why you guys, 
do Google search. You guys come up in the first freaking page. And it's like, wow. And, oh, no, one more point before I, before I get off, and I, I really thank you for letting me express myself in full. I saw a, an article on in Russia Insider about Google altering the algorithms of searches, um, and they're going to be the arbiters of whether or not um, a website that presents information is going to, uh, you know, be worthy of people looking at. And this is purely going to be a subjective and political interpretation. I don't know if you guys have saw that, seen that or not. Yeah, I did see something recently with uh with Google. Yeah, they've they've been doing these things for years where they'll kind of alter the you know their algorithm based on um yeah how you know how profitable a news organization is and you know all these uh, influences that you know we we don't hear about or necessarily know about and yeah it is a basic way to suppress uh, information. Um, yeah, either, information. You know, Information, yes, information that doesn't bolster the ideas uh, forwarded and presented by the status quo. And, um, you know, I do these searches in podcasts, and it's like, wow, why such an incredible dearth of, like, critical thinking in the presentation of what, what comes up? It's just, I know it's in the culture in, in mass in general in the United States and also Europe, but, uh, wow, you know, there's... I know there's like a lot of podcasts and sources that I just don't have to like time to research deeply, you know, for hours and hours a day that I'm missing. And um, it's just, it's wild. So, anyway. it's, it's like, it's like the uh, United States is kind of a product of itself. Um, you, you know, it's the advisors and the, the, the people who you know, give direction, you know they they are a product of what they've created, so it can't be any better than it is. Yes, and I wanted to say one other thing. Um, I've also noticed um, among people who are critical of, um, and they're in, and they're they're more boned up with, uh, you know, the um, United States and their machinations with respect to the Middle East and the history. Um, they're also coming out with, uh, you know, they're, they're they're denigrating people like people Putin lovers, right? So I would be put in the category, well, Steve, you just hate the United States so much that you're just going like, to just jump on Putin's bandwagon and be a Putin lover. And I'm sorry, I just said my, I just said my real name. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, is that, no, I, I really respect Putin, not because, just because he's a major critic of the United States and he's actually making moves to counter U.S. Uh, unipower. I respect the guy a lot, the man a lot, just from what he says and what he's done and what his history is, his family history. Um, you know, not because any particular, like, religion, you know, thing like that. I'm not – I'm a historically progressive leftist, and um, it's not just because he's challenging the United States, but he's just a sane person. He's a sane leader who's helping his people, his country, the Russians, up off the floor – after they were just almost literally raped, and they had people in Russia hating their own culture because of the domination after the fall, you know, with the with the United States, and um, he's helping these people come up off the floor, wipe them, dust themselves off, and go, hey, we are valuable. We do have something to say, and we have a role to play in the in how the world develops. 
And um, so it's not just, you know, I just find it interesting that, uh, you know, that people feel that they can't just come out and say, hey, I admire this leader. And then um, there's just this huge morass of lies, like against Chavez, Morales, Correa, you know, and then Putin. There's just huge morass of lies that people just believe because, I guess that it's just more politically efficacious to believe the lies and repeat it just to get along in society. But no, I'm not going to do that. So anyway, I would, I would like if, if you guys have time in your broadcast today, uh, some of your thoughts on the, uh, what's going on over there in Syria, Iran and, uh, so forth. Yeah. We're going to probably circle back a little bit onto the topics of, um, the shootings and and uh, conspiracy um, theory, and I think you you brought up some very good points, um, Jonathan. Um, as I'll call you, um, okay, you know, we we we, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to get too caught up in in the uh, minutia, but we want to know enough to be able to see the patterns where they exist and to recognize yeah. how we're being manipulated. Um, so, you know, uh, and I, I want to make it clear. I, I just want to make mm-hmm. it clear. I'm going to hang up, but I just want to make it clear. I don't discount that in mm-hmm. some of these instances, maybe people are being manipulated and maybe these are full, you know, I don't discount that. I just, I'm just a little bit put up a word of caution that, wow, just, just be careful just in, uh, buying whole hog because it's so easy for all of us just to read stuff in to situations to confirm our, 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 our tendency and bias. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I, I, I did just want to, I did just want to make one more point. Uh, I don't know if you're still there, Jonathan. Oh, um, yeah. Um, and that gets back to the subject of Putin. Um, I don't think we've seen a leader like Putin uh, for the past three, four generations, at least. I don't think uh, that it's in most Western um, people uh, to have an understanding of of what a truly proactive and constructive and uncorrupt leader is. I don't think they recognize it. I don't think there's anything in their um, in their experience to account for uh, the, the behavior of Putin. So it it becomes so much easier to vilify the man, uh, especially when that's all you're hearing about the guy. So, um, just another piece there. Totally agree with you. Very, very, uh, very uh, acute analysis. I really appreciate it. Hey, God bless you all. You take care. Bye bye. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. Well, uh, one thing before we do get back to the the shootings and stuff, I, I wanted to touch on that uh, Jonathan brought up was uh, just this. The public perception of Russia, and um, you know how I think that the things that he's doing, um, you know, he's speaking to the world through actions, and that's not something that we're used to. <laughs> um, it, it, we're we're basically used to politicians saying one thing, and then things turning out wrong, and then so and so getting blamed. Uh, usually, you know, the victims getting blamed. And that's just a, a matter, of course, of you know the way things work. Um, with with Putin's actions, 
you know, it's it's it really is um, the first time that we're seeing human behavior, not just human behavior, but um, decent human behavior uh, on the world stage. So if people are, you know, do have any uh, type of capacity left to recognize what the truth is, um, some may start to question, well, you know, maybe, you know, what I've been told about Putin isn't actually the truth because what I'm seeing is is different. You know, what I'm seeing is uh, some noble, decent behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, perhaps that 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 opportunity um, will be taken by by more people. Uh, but you know, we'll I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Well, this is kind of the same dynamic that we've seen with uh, Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. I mean, for how many decades did I think that this guy was a you know terrorist? Um, uh, fanatical, eccentric. Maybe he was a little eccentric, uh, but but basically a, a pretty evil, uh, twisted dude. Um, and you know, it took literally years uh, for the truth about the man to finally come out. So you know, it, it's just a testament to to how much cognitive dissonance w- gets uh, imposed on us by these false perceptions of people. Well, it's funny too. Uh, you'll see a lot of people, you know, even progressives and um, you know people who, you know, I think want good things for society, and who can see that the United States is corrupt, but also think that every other nation is like that, and of course Putin is too. So it's, it's just easy to kind of put those blanket uh, statements out there that, well, you know, all politicians, since they're politicians, are going to be evil, and you know, that's not necessarily the case. It is, you know, probably like 98% of the time. Um, you know, it doesn't happen often that we do have you know, these really amazing people uh, rise to positions of power. Um, but when it does, they get demonized like, you know, like crazy. It's just, um, you know, they really get, um, the West goes after them. And yeah. that's because they're a threat. <clears throat> they lose the information war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that's an interesting thing that I think Putin's been able to do. You know, the hindsight, like the just the well, not just the hindsight, the insight. Like for him, uh, he he created or he implemented uh, RT and Sputnik, and those uh, organizations they're 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 playing such a big role right now in putting out true and accurate uh, details of what's going on in the world. And without that, you know, uh, there he'd basically just be the world would just be left with you know the alternative news and uh, the mainstream media that the West has uh, complete hold on. Yeah, I wanted to just bring out the the green bumping again, and just reading about it and le- learning what we learn. You know, um, being side editors, the first big shooting was that one in Oregon, the Oregon Community College, where ten people were killed and twenty injured. And when I think about the possibility of the guy, the shooter or shooters um, being beamed or called on the phone or whatever it is they do to trigger um, these um, green bomb victims, it's like it radiates outward. It's like first you have the, the Oregon Community College shooting, and then you have four more incidences where there's either reported shooter shootings, and it's like, is it you know a one-time hit where they like push a button 
and beam some beam somebody and everyone goes off or is it a missed target or is it like something that radiates outward to anyone who might have been subjected to even a, a, a minor amount of, of brainwashing or mind control? Mm-hmm. Do they react to the first shooting? You understand what I mean? That first shooter that goes off, is it like a domino effect or is it individual? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's hard to say. I don't yeah. know. I mean, they may be like, you know, if, if, if this is all coordinated, they may have some that go off. Uh, I don't, you know, it, it's, it's, it's uh, hard to know. Yeah, it's hard to know. But it, it was really interesting that, you know, there was the right after the Oregon shooting, there was another one in Florida uh, where three people were killed uh, outside uh, a town. It's like outside of City Hall. Yeah. And yeah. and there was another one besides that. The, like, the Northern Arizona University. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah that that, was, I think that was before the Oregon one? That was after. Oh, was, was it? Yeah, it was on October 9th. Uh, Northern Arizona University and the Texas Southern University. And at Texas Southern University, that was their second shooting in, in a week. So there was another one where they discovered four students attempting to plot. That was the first one I could find after that Oregon shooting. And then there's another one on the 6th. There's three more on the ninth. Right. Yeah. So all of these, you know, happening in, in quick succession and, uh, you know, like we were saying a little earlier, you know, when you have this, this huge, uh, you know, uh, event that's impacting the perception of, of the U S in particular, uh, and you have, um, a, uh, a media in the U S that is so, um, tight and then lockstep with its, uh, political elite um, that's going to cover a story a particular way, uh, you know, it's kind of difficult to to not see how uh, this, you know, Roosevelt said nothing in politics, you know, ever happens by coincidence. I'm paraphrasing. Um, You know, these are are things that uh, are kind of staring us in the face uh, quite a bit. And, um, and uh, yeah, Jonathan's correct. We we should be careful about this. Um, you know, we yeah you know, we don't we leave our tinfoil hats at home <laughs> when we go out and 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 uh, buy our bacon. Uh, but um, at the same time, uh, these patterns are important to recognize uh, for what they are. Um, when you look into the patterns of these things, it's interesting to see you know how these dynamics play out. And how you can identify them over and over and over again, and you know, but with so with these mass shootings, you know, a common theme is that there's uh, one shooter that's reported, but then there are also subsequent uh, reports of additional shooters. Like that's that happens, you know, time and time again, and you, know, you see these things play out, and you know, there is there are these patterns. Um, so, I you know I do. Uh, totally get what Jonathan's saying about you know the need to kind of be careful, um, but to look at you know just the the uh, inherent mechanism of those in charge, yeah, and you know to really see that and to see what they're capable of, I think that's um, Guantanamo, you know, yeah, the torture of a grape. I mean, they're capable of some horrific things. They are, and this is just what we know about. Well, you know, Meg, when when you mentioned a couple of minutes ago the the kind of um, mechanism or dynamic by which people get um, triggered, 
or greenbound or beamed or or influenced by some kind of electromagnetic manipulation, which we didn't really get into, but we know exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, heck, the, the CIA and other agencies have have had all kinds of psychotronic technology and and uh, ways of manipulating people's thought waves and and thinking and uh, and reactions to things. They can uh, literally beam you know verbal messages or you know audio messages into your mind. Um, but in any case, you kind of touched on something that uh, that was kind of on my mind when when we were discussing this show today, and that was you know there's all of this kind of pathological behavior that gets induced, all of this murderous behavior that happens for various reasons. Does it does it have an effect on people who it's not directed on? Is there some kind of um, you know, residual uh, effect on the psyches of, of people because we have been reading all these stories about, uh, you know, the, the son who who cut his mother's heart out with a hatchet, and uh, like we discussed earlier, you know, the, the two boys who are you know the, the sons of, of the parents in the church, and and one of them being beaten literally to death, uh, and you know other just horrific stories one after the next. So, like, what the hell is happening there? Um, it, it may just be that they feel like they have been given permission. Um, the, the the stories come to light, or they they it responds to some base element within them. They've got some unrest, some some you know critical mass point that they you know are are close to, and these these things give them permission to uh think that way and then they kind of spontaneously combust and and there there it is they they go out and they they do something it's, it's probably more of a uh you know in the moment kind of thing so what what i kind of hear you saying is that a lot of this violence at least among some people who are unstable is is becoming normalized in a way yeah i I, I think so. I, I think that the triggers are there. They they needed to have an outlet. There is there you know is none in our society. It's it's kind of um, all the 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 ways that we used to have um, you know thirty forty years ago, and when people were still part of families that you know cared and, and shared you know a different kind of of um, I, you know activities. Ag- and- ag- Activity and, and and moral, you know, upbringing. Uh, that's that's kind of gone away. You know, you don't you don't get that sense of of family uh, and and the the teachings that would allow someone to process this differently. Instead, you've got you know you've got a really hurried up society. Everything is really fast. You you know you're tri- you're twittering with the trend and you know, things just you don't have the, the time or the the capacity to think these through, especially with someone who is is on the edge of you know a really big problem. And then they they have the, you know the information that somebody did this, all they can do too. That's a good point. Um... The, this topic also reminds me of uh, Naomi Klein's book, The Shock Doctrine. And you know, she wrote about the, um, so what goes on in, you know, this uh, mind control victim, like how they get there and 
Um, the Greenbaum speech goes into that, and uh, Colin Roth goes into that. So, you know, we'll, the um, the individual will experience this, you know, these types of trauma, and and subsequently be, you know, very controllable uh, afterwards. And when we look at uh, the large scale, uh, when we look at, you know, these shocks being applied. Um, not just on individuals, but also on people. Um, and in this example, or this, in these instances, I think um, you know we're talking more about normal people. What happens to normal people? So we basically experience this sort of trauma, and uh, we look for uh, some you know type of protection. Uh, our minds uh, experience this uh, this state where you know we're easily uh, malleable um these new ideologies uh, are are able to be implemented um so you know I, I think um i think that's part of the use of you know looking into you know th- these mind control things because it is applicable on you know the world stage um and while and, and there's so many different uh segments to look at so there's there's, you know, this effect. What effect does this have on normal people? What effect does this have on pathologicals? Um, so it does seem to open up the doors for for them to say, hey, yeah, this is, it's our time, basically, right? Yeah, it brings the crazies into the limelight. So it has has a, a whole sort of um, of different effects depending on the um, individual's inner makeup. Well, you know, this it kind of reminds me in a way of what's happening right now in Israel, um, in Palestine, Gaza, and the West Bank. Uh, elements of Hamas calling for a day of rage earlier in the week um, in, in just in response to the, uh, the, the indiscriminate killings. Um, you know, the IDF continuing to take sniper shots at the innocent people. Um, and this kind of repressive force that's being uh, inflicted on, on the dots in particular, um, you know, who still haven't recovered from uh, from the last assault on the part of the IDF, uh, over 2,000 people killed. Um, so they're basically a best people at this point, and they're saying it, you know, we have nothing to lose. Uh, so they're going around in, in I guess, uh, East Jerusalem and various places and stabbing soldiers. Um, uh, and, um, of course, you know, there are elements of, of Hamas and, and other groups who who see how this can be used as justification for further uh, violence inflicted on the Palestinians. So, and they're not you know, they don't want to escalate. They don't want to uh, to make the situation worse than it already is. Um, so it, it's really just you know just to read about it. It's just totally horrible situation. Uh, you know, Netanyahu is uh, has been mouthing off again and, and talking about the you know protecting Israelis and, and justifying. And it's just really a perfect justification for him to put, you know, an incursion into Gaza and 
and to kill another thousand or two thousand more people. Um, and uh, it's just a, uh, a terrible, uh, terrible cycle that um, that will not be until uh, the psychopathic government of Israel is somehow um, disbanded. We've been seeing a lot of stories of IDF indiscriminately killing um, Palestinians in, in other places where you know they claim that uh, a woman was holding a knife or um, you know it's some excuse that you know really they don't they don't prove at all where um, you know they're able to to, to, to murder it's cold blooded murder. And I hear right, Elon, that, that you know, they're basically trying to push people over the edge. Um, same thing in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, this, um, all the, these cops really going nuts, uh, killing people. Uh, and, you know, on on the most basic level, you know, the foot soldiers, you know, I, I don't know that there is... Um, Destruction that they're informed of, say, you know, you need to uh, go, you know, kill some black kids. But there is a uh, an atmosphere, and you know, there is a training uh, of of these of these guys that does go up at higher levels, mm-hmm. where it does seem that there is some some coordination to create um, this chaos. To push people over the edge, uh, it's it's. Uh, I think it's it's pretty apparent. It's a culture, mm-hmm. um, and they're exposed to the same thing your average American is exposed to. I mean, war on terror television. I mean, they're influenced by the same things. And add on that special training, you've got an angry cop, and then you have um, a pushback from the public because they just tend to balance out, and and the more. The, uh, the police force is militarized and acts like like military or or acts you know unrationally. The the stronger the the comeback is from people who are being subjected to that. Yeah, the uh, the paranoia and fear is really ingrained in them, and you know cops have you know this really close knit uh, culture and. You know, if um, if ever talked to many of them, you know, there is this um, really strong, um, basically paranoia of people, um, where it's it's like a like a trigger. Where it doesn't take much uh, to send them over the edge. And you know, we see there was a there was a case. Um, I think the actual incident was from February. There was a, a young boy. Uh, well, he was like 17, and uh, he he didn't he didn't use his uh, blinkers, and he's pulled over by a cop. And uh, there was, um, I'd say, you know, the, the the kid was, you know, he didn't he didn't really care for being pulled <laughs> over, uh, but in no way did uh, the ending action of the police officer. Uh, you know, make any sense? He was shot I think, seven times. Um, you know, he didn't have any weapons. Uh, he was, I believe, he was taped first, and 
you know, this kind of behavior, it, we're seeing it you know, almost every day. It's it's really insane. Um, and I think part of it is that there is this kind of uh, legal infrastructure that, um, for the most part, uh, communicates to police in the U.S. that if, if you should do this, you'll be you'll be exonerated. And we've seen it time and time again. And like this recent story, we were discussing the rice and how the prosecutor was, was kind of shifting the whole narrative towards, uh, you know, a justifiable homicide. Um, by bringing in an expert uh, where he where he didn't need to, and this and this expert, uh, who by the way had experience with another case, Jennifer Hernandez, Jennifer Hernandez, yeah. uh, where he where he got the cop off for killing Jennifer Hernandez. So um, and it, it's it's like the the prosecutor is not only not doing his job, I mean he's doing the opposite of his job. He's he, and um, and it's a, according to that the one I think you're talking about the misuse of the grand jury's role. The grand jury has a certain role, and he was he was using that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Right. Well, that's kind of what we see, right? The the legal structure in the United States is being used um, not for justice, not for truth, but basically for itself to create loopholes uh, to you know just. I mean, it's not even it's not even that anymore. Now it's just like completely corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we could, I think, we could talk about the um, the recent um, basically bombing of the uh, Afghanistan hospital, which is Doctors Without Borders, in relation to this, mm-hmm. uh, and how it relates to to law, or because it's like. The United States has lost its mind and really thinks it can get away with anything. Um, and you know, it seems that it doesn't doesn't matter to them, you know, at all what uh, legal consequences are because they make, uh, they make the law. Right. So uh, the story which broke this week was, you know, as, as I'm sure many of our listeners are aware. Uh, the Doctors Without Borders uh, hospital in Kunduz in Afghanistan was uh, bombed uh, by U.S. forces a few weeks ago. And uh, this was after um, the people at the hospital had repeatedly mentioned the coordinates of the hospital to the military forces. Uh, in fact, they'd done so long in advance as well. So... Um, I think they they bombed them like five or seven times in the span of, a, of an hour or a few hours. I mean, several hours. Just, just ridiculous, um, and it, it's become such a blatantly uh, um, horrific uh, uh, attack that you know the representatives of, of doctors without borders have come out to say that they're thinking of um, basically accusing the U.S. of war crimes. I think that's what it was, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, about three days ago, you had this U.S. tank rolling up to the front and breaking its way into the site of the the bombing, uh, kind of um, traumatizing the the few employees that were there and and kind of wrecking part of the place. And, 
you know, it's just like a criminal returning to the scene of the crime. And um, you know, the Pentagon has come out, and Obama's come out and said, we apologize, and the Pentagon is going to make some kind of financial restitution using all of its fake play monopoly money that's going to be worthless soon in any case. And um, and in the meantime, you know, as all of this is happening, they go in, and they basically, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. They go in and they and they wreck part of the place, destroy evidence by by force. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, I don't even know what to, what else to say. It's just it's arrogance. It's it's pure arrogance. It's uh, it's bullying. It's it's bullying. That's what it is. Um. And you know, as as has been pointed out last week when we were discussing this, um, you know, the whole timing of the bombing of the hospital only only a couple of days after the beginning of uh, Russia's uh, actions in Syria, uh, just pure bloodlust, just uh, just needing this other avenue to express its its psychopathic rage, uh, on victims that uh, you know on anybody. Um, and I think Shane, you know, when we were talking about it, you you made the analogy of the, the psychopathic husband who, you know, gets crap at work and goes home and beats his wife. You know, it's it's not so it's not so different. Only we're seeing it with this with, you know, the exceptional country. It'll be interesting to see what what comes out of this legally. Um, Doctors Without Borders has you know some some money behind it and, and some prestige. Uh, if this, you know, if they weren't involved, you know, I don't know that this, was, uh, this would be as big in the media. Um, I know, you know, the United States has, has bombed plenty of people in the past, um, but with uh, the borders, I know they filed, um, they're looking to file a case with uh, uh, an organization that was created, you know, from the Geneva Conventions, and you know, I don't know how much they'll be able to move forward with that. Um, I was just watching a, a press briefing, um, and you know, the State Department, you know, they, they were just they were asked what their stance was on it, and oh, we don't we don't have one. <laughs> we don't have a stance on. Uh, an independent investigation. Our military uh, does the most thorough investigation you know, in the world. And you know what complete BS. They're taking uh, they're taking their script from the IEF. You know. Well, they really believe it. They really believe in their exceptionalism. Well, you know, as far as inter- international law goes, and internationalized basically Western ideas, and it is. Um, it is adjudicated by consensus. So, you know, how many how many you know arms can the United States just take at the uh, verdict they want? Yeah, I mean that's another point. Uh they've already got Saudi Arabia hitting the what is it, the, the human rights commission and in, in Oh that's the a laugh. <laughs> yeah. It's a joke. Uh it's a bad joke. Um so yeah, I mean, I I guess we'll see. Maybe this was an attempt to intimidate them, uh, but uh, I I hope the story continues to get play. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, in relation to international law, I, I think it's pretty genius 
on Putin's part is that he's taking, you know, this framework um, that, you know, the West promotes as, you know, it's it's most uh, valued and mm-hmm. um, you know, just the highest order of, of man, which it, you know, completely violates. But he's using this as you know, as a shield, uh, essentially, um, and saying, you know, this is actually the law, and you know we're following it. You know, the United States does not follow international law. It hasn't, you know, it hasn't with Syria. It hasn't in um, Iraq. It hasn't in Libya. You know, it doesn't follow international law. It does. It does what it wants. It doesn't even follow its own. I yeah. mean, Obama kind of issues these um, these kind of uh, you know single uh, executive branch executed uh, mandates for war here and there. It doesn't con- consult Congress. Um, there, you know, he really is. Uh, and folks, I, I mean, this is so important to realize behind this big white smile and this kind of progressive veneer and all of his articulateness and you know, uh, whatever charm he seems to muster up and his reputation as a civil rights, you know, lawyer, activist. I mean, the guy, uh, basically, uh, he's the most arrogant uh, terrorist empowered by, you know, guys with names we don't even know um, to do the types of things that he's doing. It's a big con. Um, and, uh, you know, it's nice to see all of the kinds of news that uh, Hillary Clinton is getting these days that, that point to her complicity in in, uh, in Libya and and some other things as well. Um, that, that'll all blow over once she's president. Yeah. And and she probably will be unless uh, unless the government declares that, uh, you know, some agency has to take over because of extenuating circumstances. Well, we were talking a little bit before we brought up the subject of um, food riots. Um, and this is just another piece of the puzzle we're seeing here in the U.S. Uh, food inflation has gone up quite a bit. Um, there is something like one out of every seven children who are going hungry or on food assistance. And uh, it's just another factor here that's exacerbating the the stress of daily living um and we've had uh michael snyder and Fer- fernando aguirre on the show talking about the various uh stages leading up to an economic collapse and what what seems to be a probable scenario here in the u.s um you know w- when food gets scarce you're going to have people resorting to things and doing things in the U.S. that uh, that they will feel compelled and forced to do, um, and it's going to be a very sad situation indeed. Because uh, the, most of the people who are fed will be those who are working for law enforcement or the military, and there's going to be this kind of Gaza IDF situation, um, only a thousand times bigger here in the U.S. Well, when we look at 
when we look at the coming economic collapse, you know, it seems that there's so many uh, things that kind of feed, feed into that. You know, it's not just the uh, instability of, you know, uh, and the nature of, you know, these big banks and uh, and debt, but, you know, it, it goes through, um, it goes through to everything to include, you know, our more, our moral society, uh, as well as, you know, just the, the, the basic nature, the fundamental building blocks of society and, you know, the nature of our families, uh, the bonds we have or don't have, and uh, down to, you know, the basic skills that we don't have. You know, all these things are making for uh, a truly ugly and uh, scary picture. Um, you know, there is no, um, there's no real and true um basis to you know live as a normal society we're so abnormal and that's kind of the the theme of the show uh just that you know we've at, we've normalized the abnormal and we're so far removed from what it means to be a human society um you know we, we don't have we don't have those skills whether it's the uh emotional um connection uh to one another um, you know, all, all those things make for a really, really uh, scary picture, I think, for, you know, the, the coming times and, and even not the coming times, but now, you know, it's um, uh, the where we're at now, you know, I think um, I think it's pretty fair to say that you know, we're not looking at a collapse in the future, but we're living in a collapse right now. And um, you know it. It looks like it will get a lot worse, but you know there there already is a a moral collapse. You know there isn't the the recognition of um, you know the the pain and suffering that we're causing uh, others. Um, there's you know just this really outrageous um, behavior. Playing out in society um, and on you know and on the world stage, but the the interesting thing that is it's gotten so um, so bad and it's be, it's becoming so apparent that the opportunity does exist now for people to see that, and I think this is um, you know it's an important point to you know try to dissect a little bit is you know how how can people um survive uh the you know this collapse and i think a lot of that is in uh being able to see it first of all uh in you know many disasters um seems we're kind of hardwired to just deny you know what reality is and part of seeing things as they unfold uh, is really essential for moving forward, uh, moving through it. And you know, it might be a little bit more of an abstract uh, concept when people ask, you know, what you know, what can what can we do? How can we you know get through this? And you know, and the answer or part of the answer is well to see it. You know, that that's, that's I think. I think that's a good point. I think it's very, it's very empowering to know. Uh, it can be empowering uh, to know what the causes are of, of certain 
conditions that you're faced with. Um, you know, otherwise it, you're you're just faced with it, uh, and part of the whole. Um, you know, you can just imagine one day a person walking to their ATM having no access to cash, going to the supermarket and, and finding that there are hundreds of people there scrambling for, for the items that, that you would like, coming home and, and watching uh, whatever news program you're used to watching and then hearing that uh, that access to cash has been taken away. There's a bank holiday and um, the banks may reopen in a week. Obama's going to speak at, at 8 o'clock at night and, and, and discuss the situation on the ground. The stock market just uh, dipped uh, 2,000 points, and it has something to do with, you know, China selling, uh, you know, U.S. bonds. I mean, you know, all all of this, the, the narrative of those days when, when things go completely kaflui, and, um, and you don't really know what the hell is going on. You'll be disoriented. Uh, disempowered, um, you know, your your job may close. Uh, you'll be surrounded by confused and stressed out people. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a really stressful thing uh, that, that's probably set to occur in the near future. And um, I think, you know, being able to to anticipate it a little bit, plan for it, prepare for it, uh, get right in your mind. Um, you know, have some something stashed away, have some food stashed away, have some people you trust and can communicate with as this is occurring. Uh, it's all going to help to ameliorate uh, what's going to be a really difficult time because the stress level is just going to go through the roof uh, among millions and millions and millions of people. Um, and it's going to be experienced. Everybody's going to be sharing in this. You know, it's going to make... 9/11, you know, it might dwarf it in comparison because you're talking about day-to-day existence and desperate people and and crime going up, and uh, and the people that you look to not having any kind of uh, constructive way to address it, but giving you more of the same. So you can expect a lot of lashing out, a lot of anger, and um, and this is what you want to kind of be aware of and and uh, in preparing yourself well part of um narcissistic behavior and yeah there's um of course there's narcissistic personality disorder but i think when we're talking about um society it's you know it's something a little different um you know we've kind of uh inherited a, a narcissistic society and it seems there's you know this real fine line or um, this fear of going insane and uh, because because it's there, because it exists as a part of narcissism that this denial of reality is so strong uh, that with that is the fear of you know actually facing reality because when you're denying that and you're suddenly faced with reality um you know it, it's getting smacked in the face and and perhaps um you know there might be no coming back for some people um you know it, it's i think it can be that strong and so another part of the uh the social decline uh that we may be seeing or that we are seeing uh could be that 
you know, since Russia has stepped onto the world stage in a very strong way, reality is becoming much more apparent. And and so there is this insanity that kind of comes along with it for uh, those who can only live in this denial world, this uh, psychopathic reality. And, you know, it's like there there's this, um, we're at this juncture where there's this merge. And um, those who, you know, haven't had the experience to, um, you know, really look at the lies, uh, it's it's going to be it's it's not just a external collapse, but it can also be like a collapse within the mind too. Um, People will snap. Well, you know that kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the writings of uh, Rajiv. You know, he talked about buffers or or these appendages, these um, these ways we kind of associate, dissociate, and. Uh, put certain things between ourselves and reality uh, to to soften the blow in every which way. And um, it doesn't, you don't even have to think of it as a blow so much as a um, uh, just kind of being fully engaged with uh, things as they are. Um, and, uh, and we do this with television and video games and, uh, and, all sorts of other activities that um, are just about this bubble of fun that we want to um, exist in because it's fun, it's warm, it's fuzzy. Um, but there are at least two or four degrees of uh, reality that are going to get pierced by um, something like uh, an economic collapse for many people um, who will be totally unprepared uh, in themselves to to be able to respond constructively. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty heavy situation and, uh, you know, it makes me want to go out and kind of have a couple of bourbons and, <laughs> and put, you know, put that buffer up. Can but, we come? <laughs> but no, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Okay. I, I I didn't really want to. No, not not at all. Uh uh-uh. uh, not me. No. <laughs> um, no margaritas. No, I think in some respects we've got a world situation that that if you boil it down to a microcosm, um, it's a little easier to to um, assimilate into your thinking, and then you have to look at your own personal situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what about my life and how how I'm acting or reacting or experiencing has you know some lessons in what is coming down the pike from bigger picture you know and then you have to also understand that you know civilizations or or societies they they kind of come and go they they build up they deteriorate they disintegrate and then they rebuild so there I think on the grand big scale, you know, humanity isn't totally lost. It's just in the woods right now and, you know, we'll have to see what it's going to do to get itself out of it and um, on, you know, maybe this will be just one giant rebirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, you know, we talked a little bit today about the kind of 
reverberations and uh, you know, the, the kind of um, feelings and the new norm that gets absorbed by people without their even realizing it. Uh, you know, some of them act out in various ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be violent or mass shooting or, or something awful like that. Um, but there's another side. There's there's another kind of uh, flip side of the coin, if you will, of, of people who are um, seeing things much more for how they are and communicating with people who, who also are seeing and experiencing a kind of um, enlightenment about their reality. And also, as you were saying, Karen, kind of paying attention to what they're reacting to and responding and how they're doing it and why. And... Um, and becoming better people for it. So uh, there is a kind of divergence here, and um, and we choose kind of what we want to align ourselves with with every choice we make every day. How are we going to spend our time? What are we going to think about? What do we want to uh, what do we want to emulate? Who do we want to emulate? What qualities in individuals do we find admirable? Um, you know, and because just as much as we abhor Obama and uh, Brzezinski and, uh, and well, you know, the list can go on. Uh, there are people out there who, who are very brave and courageous and talking about things that, that were and that are worth talking about. And um, we've, we've covered a little bit about that on this show as well. But part of, uh, you know, people maybe prepping for a financial collapse and you know maybe you have a few more canned goods or you you know you have some more light bulbs or flashlights and those kinds of things but i think the real preparation has to be done within yourself um you know how how am i going to uh keep my integrity as as i know myself um and work for the the betterment of of mankind and those around me um, and how do I keep you know myself level when everything else is falling apart? And that's part of the prep work. On a, you know, when we're looking at this collapse, it's on one hand, you know, there's so many horrific things that we're seeing with you know, social decline and disintegration, and you know, just these really nasty stories. Um, but on the other hand, when we look at it, you know, it's really this psychopathic system that is collapsing um and i think i think you're right karen you know it, it's it's also a matter of you know how we're uh how much we're aligned with that uh within our thoughts and you know the things that we do and depending on that is you know uh how how much you know our inner landscape will collapse uh, with this, you know, this outer collapse. So, you know, if we can um, begin to see the the truth and the lies, and align ourselves with, you know, more uh, a more human world, you know, I think that will really uh, give us uh, a step up in, you know, whatever is to come next. Um, you know, there's always the possibility that you know the uh, af- you know after collapse that you know these psychopaths um, will try to take hold. But if there is something real, um, if there's something you know uh, any true human organization, um, 
you know that that can kind of withstand uh, this this collapse, then you know that can kind of be uh, a center or um, a a foundation, a new foundation for for something for something real. And so it's it's I think it's uh, very natural to be really disturbed uh, over you know all these these things that we're seeing, but. You know, there is, a, I think, a flip side to this, um, an opportunity, um, and it's it sure is uh, interesting times. Yeah, I was also thinking about <clears throat> talking about your inner landscape and makes you wonder how much of your inner landscape can influence the outer landscape. And another thing about pattern recognition, um, is there something that we track Every month on SOT, we have our video of earth changes and weird weather events and things like that. And I think we might have some dots connecting on some of the weather events that's been going on recently. Well, um, at the very least, and, and uh, this has been kind of touched upon before, uh, there, there is this incredibly... Um, uh, Intense uptick in the number of floods and heavy rains that have been hitting around the planet in various places, um, and uh, water spouts, volcanoes well, rumbling, but not necessarily erupting. There's a lot of activity. A lot of activity. You know, there's this you know uh, talk of an ice age. Uh, there was this article that that Sot just carried about. Um, uh, El, El Nino and some other factors, um, you know, the, the slowing of the, uh, the, um, the the warm water stream in the uh, Atlantic. Um, what, what's that? What's the jet stream? The jet stream. Thank yeah. you. Um, and all of these other various factors, kind of coming together to bring upon an ice age in, in coming years, if not sooner. Uh, we know that England's going to be facing some really horrifically cold and snowy weather. So, yeah, I mean, it's a question, William. You know, uh, as we're seeing all of these really crazy uh, events and, and negative disintegrations in the U.S. and around the world, how is it that that we're seeing all of this kind of geological and, and weather activity happening at the same time? It, it, it truly can't just be a coincidence. And I'm told that we have a caller Yes, we have a caller on the line. Yay! Uh, hello, caller. Are you there? What's happening? Hi. Hi. What's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Lee, and I'm calling from California. Rancho Cucamonga. Hi, Lee. Hi, Lee. Welcome hello. to the show. Are you shaking out there, Lee? <laughs> no, it's, uh, this is weird. Uh, I just, I've, I've listened to your show before, and I just saw a really mesmerizing episode descriptor about violence so i may be calling it a totally you know inopportune time with that topic but i just wanted to call and see if there was anything that i could uh, add to that particular part of the of the broadcast sure do you have a particular experience well, no, I, I have I co-host or co-host. I host a show on Blog Talk, which is why I was listening. And I do liberal politics. So one of the um, 
one of the things that I wanted to talk about really briefly was this kind of vein of energy that is permeated our society uh, throughout our political structure and our social social structure and is quite evident with the emergence of Donald Trump and the kind of energy he gives off. And it seems to have tapped into a, a real aggressive um, sort of a detachment from having empathy for people. Um, you know, the whole statement statements about uh, uh, Mexican immigrants and just, just the kind of energy that a, a person like a Donald Trump gives off and the sort of um, connection with that to the NRA and the sort of um, detachment that that gun Second Amendment uh, devotees have when we have these upswings in, in gun violence that have occurred at astronomical uh, levels, in my opinion. And it's just like the perfect, if I could say, shitstorm uh, when you just blend in, um, you know, climate change, the whole deniab deniability with that, it's like we have such a polarization in this country um, that is pretty um, foreboding and scary. So I, I just wanted to express that because I, I really do think this is a pivotal time in our country politically where a person like, uh, not to get too political, but a person like a Bernie Sanders who's sort of, represents a kind of utopian country like uh, any other socialist country where we look at things like health care and we look at things like wealth distribution and we look at things like greed and we say, you know, this is a time where we need to have, in conjunction with those ideologies, a revolution where people seem to be gravitating toward his policies and it's a mm -hmm. good symbol of what can happen if you blend active participation where voter turnout is increased and those kinds of ideals are actually being listened to. So, you know, it's going to take that kind of effort, I think, with anything we implement change-wise, whether it's climate change, whether it's Second Amendment, dismantling of the NRA, and really getting down to, you know, how much are we going to tolerate? As a as a as but, a country of citizens citizenship, you know. Uh, but Lee, don't you think that guys like Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump are just kind of there until you know uh, the media decides that um, you know since they've until they've gotten their orders and say because like I've I've already started to see articles about you know nine reasons why Donald Trump is you know won't be president and you know it's like it's like they're just kind of uh these pieces these personalities that put up there to further the illusion that um that there is some kind of uh you know democratic process going on here where we're ultimately i think we'll be stuck with either hillary clinton or or jeb yeah um, well, you know, uh, I've been following Bernie for quite a while. You know, the Clinton um, factor, yes. I mean, the whole system is so um, jaded. We're so jaded because of what Congress has become, um, 
almost like a caste system. Sure, there's opportunity in this country for um, people to to improve their lives to a certain degree. But I, I, I think that um, revolution is the key word. It's almost like when Black Lives Matter started to emerge as a movement and you look at you look at Baltimore and what happened in Baltimore and you could just feel it percolating where we were having these instances of of violence with unarmed victims who coincidentally just happened to be African American and I think it I I don't promote violence but look at what it took to get civil rights going and the kind of brutality and the ugly ugliest side of our culture came out when people, uh, particularly in the South, uh, Southern Bible Belt states, came out, I mean, and literally beat and killed, I mean, savage, savagely, uh, African-American peaceful protesters simply because they wanted to be recognized as equal human beings. So I think you need to get to that percolating level. And if somebody like, not Clinton, because I think Clinton is is too connected with Wall Street and to a large degree Obama was too and that's why I think Obama um we can't put all our eggs in the basket of the of the president because they only have so much limited power but we can at least do what I think this democracy democracy calls for us to do and that is to get out and vote to protest to to make to make our voices heard and that's the only way I think that we're going to do anything uh, to change things in this country. Yes, but I think the U.S. is kind of ready for that and probably looking forward to that and setting up the circumstances for such an event. What do you think? I agree. I agree. I think uh, I think what Donald Trump has brought out. I hate to even mention that man's name, but I I think what he's. <laughs> I think what he's shown, and there was this this art critic back in the 60s or 70s, could have been 60s, maybe even the late 50s, and he he spoke about art, and he talked, there was a term he used, I wish I could remember his name, it was in an art class, and what he was saying was when you allow a certain degree of, let's just say crap, to permeate in the art world, then that has a boomerang boomerang effect where people start to accept that and they start and and it tarnishes the the art the the art craft or art art if you will not to be redundant but now like we let somebody like a Donald Trump come in just like a Sarah Palin come in just like the Tea Party come in and what they do is they they bring the level of integrity down in the political structure, and that is what I think is dangerous in any facet of our of our country. So I think our political system has been brought down so much because a person like a Donald Trump, who 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 only because of his wealth has he been able to emerge as he has um, and finance his own campaigns and say whatever the hell he wants and uh, people gravitate toward that so it just knocks the whole system down further lower in my opinion further downward on a on a lower level where the integrity of that system should be held to a much higher standard even if you look at people like Lincoln Chafee and Jim Webb who were in the most recent democratic debate are you kidding me i mean those two guys i mean my, i could run 
and have done a better job. I mean, Lincoln Chafee has amassed 30000 to support his campaign. I mean, it was pathetic. You're telling me those are the best candidates we have for liberalism and progressive ideology in this country? It was, you know, I don't... I'm even more ashamed of that than as a liberal than I am of the 12 or 17 clown car inhabitants, you know, for the GOP side. So, I mean, yeah, I think we are ready for change. And I think that Bernie Sanders will not get elected, but he will. He is taking the conversation to a level that it needs to be taken to. And uh, we are no safer today financially uh, because of what Wall Street has been able to do than we were back in 2008. So our political, our financial system is a stone's throw away from being Greece again, you know, closer to Greece. Well, I don't think we'll ever become Greece, but, um, you know, that was a, a pretty significant change to our financial economical stability that could have been um prevented had we had some honorable people actually looking out for the betterment of taxpayers who ended up having to float the bill for that and lost, you know, 800,000 jobs a month when Bush was in office. And, you know, um, it's just climate change is just one peg of uh, or one plank of the whole what I see is deterioration of, of, of the world. I mean, we're not even talking about Syria and what's going on with Russia and Assad and the inhumanities that have been done to uh, his people. I mean, he's even gassed them, you know, 250,000 casualties, displaced Syrians who really should belong back in their own homeland, but have, you know, have uh, left, uh, you know, simply to survive. It's just uh, terrible. I'm sounding like a real <laughs> negative defeatist here, but I'm actually not. I'm, I'm not going to harm myself, I promise. <laughs> yeah, but I think now the U.S. is too far gone to even make any kind of a peaceful turnaround. Um, you know, like you're saying, it's being set up for a revolution. I mean, people's memories are very, very short term. They just listen to sound bites and quick headlines. So they're going to be easily manipulated to whatever the U.S. government wants them to wants to steer them into. Yes, I agree, and uh, I, I don't even. I mean, you know, I'll read BBC uh, online. I'll, I'll I'll search out different sources of information. Um, I do a podcast. I don't do a live show. I I I just don't get the calls. But I've done much better with just making it a podcast so I get to you know I do just an hour show so for for that amount of time I'm able to I think coherently explore different uh, stories and 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 you know facets of what's going on in the world and and I think climate change is such a perfect example of the just ignorance that we have with with certain uh, uh demographics of conservatives who just you know, if 97 people are telling you we have a climate problem and 3% uh, percent are saying no, which one are you going to drift toward? You know, I mean, it's just mind-boggling. Um, and the whole dialogue... I think you have to drift towards the truth, whatever that exactly. is to you. Exactly. And uh, I see the same thing with the, uh, you know, the Second Amendment uh, um 
minions out there that, you know, want to take a well-regulated militia to mean, you know, unbridled um, ammunition access, semi-automatic weaponry, don't tread on me, you know. I mean, it'll come up with every scenario in the book, but when you have a person that goes and guns down innocent victims, I hate to say it, it's become nor- it's become the norm. I mean, I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse. And, I mean, at what point do we say, um, you know, this definition of insanity, uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, perfectly applies to the way we are treating this, uh, this, this violence problem. I don't even know if it's a gun problem. It's an anger it's issue. It's a violence it's a problem, violence. definitely. Yeah, and, and we keep drifting toward this mentally ill. Well, there's a lot of countries that have mentally ill people that don't go out and because they don't have access to semi-automatic weapons and unlimited magazines of ammunition. They don't go down out and kill people. And then they say, well, you know, if you outlaw guns, they'll get them some way, or they could kill with a knife. Well, it's hard to go kill 30 people with a knife or, you know, pellet them, pel- pelt them with tomatoes. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's disheartening to me. So anyways, I don't mean to ramble. I hope it, this has been mildly entertaining and, and, mm. uh, and useful, <laughs> but thank you guys. I really enjoy, and I, I do look at your descriptions a lot for your show, and I really applaud the uh, the different topics you explore. So I'm a listener and a follower, so I'll continue to follow you guys and, and listen to you, and uh, thanks a lot for the time, man. I appreciate well, thanks, it. Thanks for calling, uh, Lee, I, and I just want to invite you to um, to take a look at our website sometime if you get a chance. It's sot.net, oh, cool. S-O-T-T dot net. Um, one of the things that uh, was brought up um, in in your uh, in your discussion was um, Assad's behavior towards his own people. So uh, we do invite you to 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 look at um, uh, some of the many articles that uh, paint a very different portrait of uh, Bashar. I will definitely. Um, I just looked at it right now, so I'm going to bookmark it, and uh, I will definitely. Uh, call back and I look forward to hearing your discussions. You guys have a tremendous day. Thanks. You as well. Thanks, Lee. All right. Take care. Bye. Uh, That was an interesting call. And uh, I'm glad that he had an opportunity to speak his mind. And um, was there anything else that... uh, Uh, Well, just one thing that I think that Lee touched on that you know, um, that I did agree with was that you know, it's, people are making choices and aligning with, you know, some really bizarre things. Um, and, you know, one example is the, the Donald Trump uh, case. And, you know, he's such a, a caricature uh, of, you know, um, just America, really. You know what America has become. If he were elected, it would be an accurate snapshot yeah, I, of our society. I agree. I, I agree completely. You know who he reminds me of? Huh. In the early '90s, we had this talk show host named Morton Downey Jr. Yeah. in the U.S. <laughs> and this guy, you know, he would he would have these like you know these pseudo political discussions, and inevitably, about the half hour into the show. He'd get into an argument with one of his guests, and then 
he would start rampaging around, start stomping around the stage. And then he would, um, his audience would start to rant something like, throw them out, throw them out. And uh, and then the producers would get on the stage and they would throw out the guest. And everybody would cheer Morton Downey Jr. And Fired. It, <laughs> yeah, it was this formula. Uh, and and it was it was drama, mm-hmm. and uh, you know in many ways this guy is just like uh, a prototype for for Trump, except that he's never you know he never really got political and um, just a just a total you know, people love and he you know at the height of his fame he'd go to these uh, these gigantic coliseums and. And event centers and, and do his thing, and uh, you know he'd come up to people with his microphone and they'd they'd rant on about something, and then he'd cheer them on, he'd give them a high five, and he'd walk off to someone else, and uh, it was just like, you know, bluster. It was like it's your it's your time to bluster now, and people loved it, and it's Donald Trump, it's Mr. Bluster. It's uh. On one hand, it is kind of entertaining to see just this, you know, political circus, and really that that's that's the only value probably that it actually has. Um, but it, you know, it does provide, I think, some insight into just the the American mind and where you know the American mind is at, and it, it is kind of scary. Um, but even I think those who uh, are somewhat rational. You know, when Donald Trump goes away, there'll be some relief. Like, oh, thank God we're not going to have Donald Trump as president. But, yeah, and we end up with somebody like Clinton, who is an appalling, uh, I can't even call her a human being. Um, you know, the, the things that she's done, is it's just it's monstrous. So... You know, you have these uh, depictions and you know these representations, and it's all to create this idea that you know, yeah, we're we're free people, and you know, we get to choose who our our leaders are, and it's all first. Um, but but we all know that. Yep. So I think uh, I think that. Ends our show today. Do we have any other topics we want to cover? Well, um, be sure to listen to tomorrow's show behind the headlines. Uh, they're at they're they'll be on two p.m. Eastern time, and again, and then there's the health and wellness show on Fridays, and they begin at ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We want to thank uh, all our callers. Uh, Jonathan and Lee and our listeners and we do our chatters for chatting and we will see you all next week. Bye. Take care. Take care, everyone.